0: Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. A member of the industry syndicate. This is where success happens. Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Here's your host, Todd Duncan. I come at this this particular episode with kind of a, a real appreciation and an understanding for the complexities of what's happening in the marketplace. The other thing I can tell you is that I am seeing um, very, very clearly a shift in consumer behavior and the way that consumers are actually approaching the real estate and mortgage transaction. And I think that that um, carries some weight as to why I wanted to get this message out. And I think the, the third, and, and hopefully what will become most obvious, is that uh, we have an opportunity to, um, at whatever role we play in the mortgage and real estate space, we have an opportunity to really leverage the kind of the forces that are involved in our business right now for the greater good, for our greater good, the greater good of the customer. And obviously, we own a company of the greater good of our company. And so i'm about seven or eight weeks out from our sales mastery event we do this event each year we always do it in october it's always for you know kind of rethinking about uh your future in the year and years to come and kind of taking a you know an inventory of of how the 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 current year has gone for you and what are the changes that you want to make and, uh, and how do you go about then making those changes so that you have a very articulate and clear approach to the upcoming year? So with that, I wanted to let you know that we chose a theme this year. And whether you come to Mastery or not is not the purpose of this episode, but I think the theme is, is catchy. It's called Game Changers. And the idea around Game Changers is really a couple of things. You know, one is the game is changing, right? And so we are getting game changers thrown on us. And so one of the obvious questions is, as change is thrown at us, how do we respond to it? And, uh, you know, how do we resonate with change that is, is put upon us, whether we ask for it or not? And most oftentimes change is not asked for unless you initiate it, because that is why it's called change. It's gotta be something that you are going to have to do or that you want to do differently. And so as I kind of crafted the agenda for this year, and as I uh, think now about uh, the weeks that are leading up to the event taking place, there's two core beliefs that go into Game Changers as a theme that you can control, that you can be proactive around. Um, One of those is nothing changes until nothing, until something changes, nothing changes until something changes. And uh, I guess that was a little bit of a a brain warp because I think sometimes nothing changes because people don't embrace change. Right. And so we end up kind of this in, in this repetitive behavior where the things that we don't want are the things we continue to get. Um, you, you probably don't assimilate this, this way, but the more you do of what you don't want, the more of it you get. And I can reword that to say, the less open you are to change, the more change will become a mandate for you in your business and your life. And so nothing changes until something changes. And so one of the questions is, are you change-oriented? Are you change-centric? Are you proactively thinking about change? Or are you wondering what changes... Are getting thrown at you and not that there's any need to wonder you just got to have a live news feed from you know any of the top blog sites in in the mortgage and real estate space all you have to do is pay attention to the news that's coming out and you can see the changes happening right so we know they're they're occurring so then the question is what is my appetite and my approach and really my mental orientation around change in terms of, do I see it some, as something very positive or do I see it as something that is negative and something I'd like to, to not be a part of? And I know that sounds like a black and white, right? But I think that all of us deep down inside get comfortable. We get comfortable with the way that we've done things and we get comfortable the, with the way that, you know, we are doing things and, and sometimes it's hard to change. Um, one of the other core beliefs of mastery is that one change can change everything. And so kind of the theme behind this episode is, what is the one change? Maybe there's two or three, probably not more than three, that you know that you would like to implement or that you've been thinking about implementing, but now you know you must implement what are the three things that would change everything for you and for your life and for your finances and for your for your health and for, you know, the relationships that you're in. If you're an owner um, from your value proposition to your team, to the way that you're leading from a technology deployment standpoint. And, you know, what are the investments that are being made to future proof your business and your enterprise? And those are very, very real thoughts around change. And so nothing changes until something changes is the behavior of repetition. And then one change can change everything is the behavior around hope. And so when those two things come together, it would be kind of my desire that you would start to think about change is not only something super, super positive, but something that is absolutely necessary and that there is such a concept of being left behind. And being left behind is when you are so change resistant or so change ignorant or so change naive that you miss the wave, whatever that wave might be, right? So as I, as I kind of paint this picture for you, one of the models that I have tried to use my entire life from the time I became, became, became an originator to, to six weeks ago, as I spent time with leaders at our leadership conference in Hawaii, was the idea of what's called or referred to as the sigmoid curve. What the sigmoid curve basically articulates as you look at the image on your video is that we all have a life cycle. You know, We start over here and we might be new to sales, we start over here, we might be new to lending, we start over here, we might be new to a job or a position, right? And then we grow and we start up this kind of growth curve and this growth curve is what's taking us from this kind of orientation of, of birth, new job, new career, new this, to now getting good at it, becoming better, learning, growing, becoming better, learning, growing, and we continue to move our way up. And there's a point in time where people start to to, to go through this kind of phenomenon, which I don't even know why it is actually Created, but they stop doing what they did that got them going in the direction that they're going, which in this case is up, right? So we're on this positive upward tick. And, then, and what ends up happening is they flatline, and then they start to go down the other side of this curve and that is the decline phase. So on one hand, we are growing and we are birthed and we're doing things right and we're moving up and we're getting more production and we're making more money and we're deploying new strategy and this and that. And then, and then somewhere around, along the road, we lose our way and we stop. And it's not a like we stop on a Friday it's like gradual. We we stop prospecting as much as we should. We stop making the follow-up calls that we need to make. We stop learning the new behaviors that go into high trust interviewing or whatever your stick might be. And then we tend to flatline and then we start a decline. So that's the first part of the sigmoid curve, right? And what what I learned early on is that when you are not open to change and you don't have a thirst for change, and not just to change for change's sake, but be because you realize that if I'm not changing, I am falling behind. And there's a very important intentionalness, intentionalness behind that kind of change. I'm not changing just for change's sake. I'm changing to be relevant. I'm changing to add value. I'm changing to disrupt. I'm changing to create an insurance policy against the future. I'm changing because the market's asking me to. It's all part of a proactive kind of approach, right? However, what ends up happening is two things. One, there is a fear of changing when things are going well. The idea, if it's not broke, don't break it, right? And so we tend to continue doing what we're doing. And then the adversity from the world encroaches and it's now force change. So we have to initiate a new growth curve. And at some point as we're growing, the theme behind the sigmoid curve is there's always a chance to initiate a new growth line. And so we want to continue to be thinking about when times are good to change, not when times are bad to change. Times to ba- time, When times are bad, you still have to change because if you follow the other side and you don't change, you will end up flatlining at the worst flatline, which is death. The death of a business, the death of a salesperson, the death of a relationship, the death of an enterprise, right? So when you, when you, when you look at the image that we're putting up, you can see that when I change on my way up, I create a new growth curve. You'll also notice there's this word lag. And lag is the time between when a new idea takes flight. And it can be research time. It can be practice time. It can be an investment in human capital, hiring an employee time, the training of that person. It can be investment in technology, the deployment of that technology. It can be all of those things, right? Normally, Summarized in three words time, money, energy. So that's lag, right? And we will always have lag if we're changing. And the question is not will we or will we not have lag? The question is how much lag can we absorb? Uh, Do we have enough resources for 90 days of change? Do we have enough money for a year of deployment of a new? You know, piece of technology. Do we have those resources? Do we have the mental energy? And do we have the, the time energy? And, and do we have the, the physical energy? Do we have the, the training tools? Do we have the resources? All those things go into lag. But, but if you notice, and the most powerful thing about changing early, changing when you're on your way up, is if you notice, you create this massively beautiful new growth curve. It's the blue line in your diagram, and you can see how much higher now your new state of being is. The business is is at a higher altitude. You're at a higher altitude. You've gone from $10,000 a month in income to $20,000 a month in income. You've gone from a team of one to a team of four. You've gone from not (coughs) having an active CRM to deploying, you know, Salesforce or or doing something like that. You you have this positive change going on. And so then the obvious thing I would say is that once you're on this new, beautiful growth curve, you know, you apply the same thing, which is, okay, now that I'm growing again, now that I'm up here, I don't want to wait and then go all the way back down, right? I wanna keep this kind of thinking alive. And so at some level, as I'm going up the blue, new life cycle, I'm gonna create new change. I'm gonna be about the change I wanna see. I'm going to be change committed, not change avoidant. I'm gonna be passionate about change. I'm going to realize that if I don't change, somebody may change on me. And that's not a good insurance policy for the future. So that is a cool thing to be thinking about. Now, looking back at the diagram, let's go back to the initial growth curve, the one on which the new blue line was launched. Go all the way up that first growth curve, go all the way to the top, it's that kind of green, and then start to go down the other side and come all the way down to where this new response growth curve is initiated. So you'll see on the backside of Topping out, right? The backside of <clears throat> reaching your, 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 uh, the top of the apex, the top of the, the summit, you start to realize, man, I'm going downhill. My production's down. My income's down. My weight is up. My money's whatever it may be, right? I have got to now start a new growth curve or I will die. And we have seen literally uh, one way or one example would be that in the late 1800s, there was over 2,000 car companies. And today you can see that, I mean, worldwide, there might be 10, right? 10 or 12 car companies that are sizable companies. Um, Arguably, you could look at all the car companies that couldn't adapt, all the car companies that couldn't create, all the car companies that couldn't innovate. And they tried too much too late. Um, You know, Tucker is one of those car companies and they died and they died and they died a, a really, really bad and brutal death. What I what I what I can point to is that that's how business works, that if you are not an early follower and you are a late follower, depending on how late you are, it may be too late. And I don't say that with a sense of gloom and doom. I don't say that you know, to be negative or to be a depressant. I just tell you that that's the way the world operates. Even when we think about uh, the initial days of when I launched Mastering Sales Excellence, it was two years before we actually started the Sales Mastery brand, but contiguous in the 26 year run. We've had to reinvent that program, I don't know, 15, 20 times. I think we reinvented actually a little bit Every single year, high trust selling is, being, is on its fifth iteration, you know, since it was uh, originally architected and written. And, and why? Because it's different. How do we use technology today to create high trust instead of just eye contact and a handshake? And how do we balance those things out? But the one thing I want to point out about changing late, and it's probably one of the most important reasons besides if you don't, you might die. Okay, the reason why you don't want to change late is because that word lag that I gave you earlier is somewhere between, and there's not a magic science to it, but I'll tell you it's somewhere between 5 and 10 times the lag that you would have experienced had you changed early. And you can see that in your diagram between the blue line and the black line, how big the word lag is. And so what ends up happening is that if we wait too long, we could actually lose a business opportunity. We could lose a client. We could lose an enterprise. We could lose a market. We could lose, we could lose our company. And so the, the balancing act is when you think about this, it's, you know, if I'm, if I'm decaying or I'm dying, I gotta go back to vision. I gotta go back to innovation. I gotta go back to the pragmatic implementation of things that'll get us wins early and get us back on the right track. And then when I'm back on the right track, I can go back to starting new growth curves as I continue kind of my rebound, if you will. I just find that in the world that we're in right now, that, that you know, there's so much change. There's so much shift in the behaviors of people. Um, there's so much data in the world today. Um, it's easy to get just like blown away. It's easy to, to, to get mind numb. But this is just a new way of doing what we've always done. We've always done business, person to person, business to business, business to person, Okay, we've always done business. Business is business. Business is historical. Business goes back tens of thousands, you know, of generations and iterations and and years. I mean, business is business. It's people having something that somebody wants and transacting. And now today it's just being done in a a new way with a lot of flair and a lot of whiz bang, you know, a lot of technology and it's gonna continue but you can't be ignorant of it. You have to be embracive of it. And you have to understand that um, I can be this change. I can own the change that's happening. And uh, I need to, I need to, because I want to remain relevant and I want to future-proof my business. And the only way to do that is to become a champion of change.